Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online anytime at sunburymotors.com. Check out the great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and great pre-owned inventory. You can get the buying process started from the comfort of your own home. And great deals to be had to it. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com All right. Before we get to Dick Girardi, the play-by-play call of the day, that last triple crown, Justify. And they're into the stretch, and Justify comes roaring home to a raucous Belmont Park with one furlong to run. Gronkowski and Hofberg trying to run him down. Vino Rosso is fourth, a 16th to go. Justify is still there. Justify from Gronkowski. He's just perfect, and now he's just immortal. Justify is the 13th triple crown winner. Gronkowski was second, Hofberg was third, and Vino Rosso was fourth. Justify has done it. Larry Colmas, another great call by him. Uh, it's one thing. Yeah. He uh, does a great job calling the races. That was a mile and a half. Like Seattle slew undefeated. How about that? Undefeated. All right. So with that, we now bring in the great Dick Girardi, my basketball broadcast partner, but one of the tops when it comes to the sport of kings, although I believe we refer to the suit as the prince, right? In the sport of kings. Doesn't make enough money to get there. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dick, welcome. Great to have you with us. Steve, I do my best, pal, but, <laughs> but there's a, the biggest difference between you and me is you actually know who's playing for the other team. There are times when I'm not as quite as sure. But like when the ball goes in the basket, I can usually explain why that happens. So and you do it well. We all have our roles. <laughs> well, what's going on? What's going on is that, first of all, Dick is here courtesy of betonline.ag. All right. And that's the Belmont Stakes. I want to start with this, Dick. Let's talk about who's actually not there. There is not a horse in this race. That is a Bob Baffert horse. How, how did that come about? Because obviously he was training some quality horses. Yeah, if you just asked that question a month ago, Steve, I'd have said he could have two or three in the race. Uh, he had the three of the four best three-year-olds in the country. Unfortunately, Nadal, who would have been the favorite tomorrow, has been injured and retired. Uh, 
And unfortunately for me, charlatan yes. has been injured, uh, not as severely. He's not been retired, but it seems unlikely he'll make the Derby. And I had him at 22 to 1 in the future book. Um, I don't think he was going to run in the Belmont. I think he was going to run the seven furlong race, the Woody Stevens, uh, but he's not running at all. There's a small chance he could make the Derby, but it's probably a long shot. And he's also got a horse named Authentic who just ran second in the Santinated Derby, but he'll run in the Haskell at Monmouth the middle of next month rather than the Belmont. So, yeah, no Bob Baffert. Um, Tis the Law will be the heavy favorite yep. and for Penn Staters. He's trained by Penn State grad yep. Barkley Tag, yep. who uh, grew up in Abington just outside Philadelphia um, and won the 2003 Derby in practice with Funnyside. And like Funnyside, Tis the Law is a New York bred and is running at his home track and will be a heavy favorite. He's the only grade one winner in the race. He won the Florida Derby, won the Champagne. <laughs> I think he'll probably be even money or less, Steve, is my guess. Yeah. Um, and he's just got a great race record. He's four for five, and he should be five for five. The only race he lost, he was really unlucky to lose it. Yeah, that was uh, back on the 30th of November at, at Churchill. Ended up finishing yep. third in that one. In the, I think it was the Jockey Club Stakes or something yep. like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's right that right after Thanksgiving race that they run at Churchill every year. What happened that day was, like some horses, um, Tisdalo is much more comfortable running outside. He doesn't like running down inside horses. He just gets a little, it's like you get claustrophobic if you're in an elevator. Some people do. That's kind of horses. Some horses are like that. And he got inside that day, and so he just didn't run as well as he could. I think the eight post is really good for him because he's not going. He shouldn't be anywhere near the inside the Belmont. And and, the, and look, the the track at Belmont is a long, sweeping track, uh, so it, it, that that's different. Now this is also has gone from being the last and longest to being the first and shortest of the, of the Triple Crown this year. It's a mile yeah. and an eighth. Right, and it's so it's one turn. Now, Belmont Park, remember, is the only track in the country. It's a mile and a half in circumference. The Belmont every year is run at the finish line. That's where they start. They run one time around. But the reason they're not running at the normal distance is, is, should be fairly obvious. Uh, the horses basically didn't know what the schedule was going to be, until, or the trainers didn't, until a couple of weeks ago. So they couldn't really train their horses to get ready for a mile and an eighth. Uh, there will be no fans at Belmont Park. Instead of the three races in five weeks, led by the Derby, then the Preakness, it'll be three races in 15 weeks. The Derby will be first Saturday in September, the Preakness first Saturday in October. So they made, and I think it was a good decision, just to shorten the Belmont Stakes just for this year. But it, it's different. But look, every as we know all too well, Steve, since we were sitting at lunch together in Indianapolis when the <laughs> Plug got pulled on the, the uh, college basket. Essentially, got pulled on a college basketball season. Nothing is like it, it we expected it to be in any sport, and that includes horse race. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, so, it, Barkley Tag has, has obviously a great reputation in all of this. Uh, I, something I went through is I wanted to see when's the last time some of these horses raced, and mm-hmm. for example, in this case. He's done a good job of keeping uh, keeping the favorite. I, it looks like, at least in terms of some sort of routine to lead up to this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Tisdall hasn't run since the 28th of March when he won the Florida Derby. But you think, well, that, that's that's an all, that's almost three months we're talking about now. Uh, that's a that's not ideal. But there was nothing for him to run in. Right. Uh, there, there's just, I mean, he could have sent him to Arkansas to run in the Arkansas Derby, but. 
I think, and keep in mind, even then, nobody really knew when the Belmont was going to be or the Preakness. They announced the Derby pretty early. You knew when that was going to be. Right. And, and I think the tis the law, the goal was to try to win the Derby. Well, he had enough points already, so he was thinking, all right, well, we'll just, we'll just relax and see how this shakes out. Then all of a sudden, they, they decided at New York Racing Association, we're going to run the Belmont. We're going to run it at Belmont Park, which is going to run it a couple weeks later because Governor Cuomo just allowed horse racing to come back uh, on June 3rd. Right. So, so they, then they announced the date for the race, and he said, well, look, it's my home track. He was going to go back to Belmont anyway. I might as well just run. So, he, I, But he wasn't specifically training for this race, Steve, because he couldn't. Because right. nobody knew if this race was going to happen or not until two weeks ago. Uh, other horses, Sol Volante, for example, uh, is is at the moment would be nine to two uh, in this. Doctor Post, five to one, is hardly run. Uh, tap Tap it to win is six to one. When you look at that grouping of horses, anything that stands out about them? Yeah, I like Tap it to win. He's my pick in the race. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I'm, I was walking into uh, and that started at the jockey's pretty good. Yeah, that's my man Johnny Velasquez, Johnny D, Hall yep. of Famer, won more money than any jockey in history, so all, one of the great big race riders. So I'm walking into Monmouth Park uh, 24th of August last year to play in a, a contest out there, and it's Traverse Day at Saratoga, so I'm watching the early races, and at race two, Tap at the Wind runs, and I said, boy, this is impressive, and then he was the only horse all day to win anywhere near the rail. So it was the wrong place to be, and he won there anyway. It's what we call it the track against the track bias. Yep. And I'm thinking, man, this could be my derby horse. So I, the next couple of races, I'm watching him. He loses by 43 <laughs> lengths and 21 lengths, and I'm yeah. going, maybe I uh, maybe I missed something here. What turned out, he had an injury. Yep. They just didn't realize it at the time. Gave him a long time off. His two races this year have both been sensational. Yep. His, his trainer is Mark Cassie, who actually won the last two Triple Crown races last year, the Preakness and the Belmont. So he's going for the, and I'm sure it'll never happen again, <laughs> the Preakness, Belmont, Belmont, Triple. Uh, <laughs> and he's actually was elected to the Hall of Fame this year. And he's one of the few guys that brings his horses back within two weeks of a race to run at a big race. Yep. It'll be 16 days for Tap at the win. And I think he's got a tactical edge. He's got the rail. I think he's going to be in front. And as you said, it's never a bad thing to have Johnny B uh, in a big race. No, it's not. And in, in fact, he didn't bring him back to race until he brought him back to Gulfstream back on May 9th. And then, as you mentioned, he, he actually raced at Belmont 16, 16 days ago, two weeks yeah. ago today. Yeah, and the, and the race at Belmont was really eye-catching. It was one of those where when you you see a horse, it just it's like it's just like this wild horse that in the stretch you can't control him. He just wants to run, and that's kind of what it looked like to me. Uh, and he knew he had talent. And then Mark said, you know, Mark Cassie said he thought early on he was his Derby horse, and he was as perplexed as everybody else at those two races. Then they discovered the injury. Uh, and it, it needed surgery. That's why he had so much time off between his races. But obviously, he's brought it back, and he's as good as he thought he was going to be. Yeah, he went all the way through it. I mean, I looked at at, at you know, at, you, you look at some of the fractions. I mean, he, he you know, flying. He, I mean, flying. He's rolling through yep. and not challenged. Yeah, no, it was uh, one oh nine and one for uh, six furlongs, and then he shaded. 
He shaded 140 for a mile and a 16th, which is a time you just normally do not see at Belmont Park. And again, keep in mind, this is a one-turn race on Saturday. Yes. Uh, it's not a typical mile and an eighth race would start at the eighth pole on a mile track, and they'd run to the finish line and then around again. But this is a straight shot down that long Belmont backstretch. Yep. And, uh, I, again, riders that ride at Belmont have a little bit of an edge because they know when to go or not go. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I was a fan last year. I, I, I thought maybe, maybe it was an illusion. Well, it turned out it wasn't an illusion. This is a really good horse. Tisdall is the most likely winner, Steve, but sure. it's also going to be like four to five or even money. You're not going to get any cash. Yeah, tap at the win's going to be like five or six to one. And I do think he has a tactical advantage in the race, which is always a, a good place to be. Yeah, because even against speed horses in that race, he's – He's the leader at the quarter pole. He's two lengths up at the half. He's two lengths yep. up at three quarters. In the stretch, he's seven and a half. Oh, yeah. No, he just t- totally ran away from the field. And there's only one other horse in this race with any early speed to challenge him, four left. And I don't think that horse is good enough. Um, and it's not like uh, tap it to win has to be in front to win. I'd rather him be there. Yeah. You know, it's like I always talk about when we're doing the basketball games, play with play with the lead, play from in front. Yep. Sports racing is the ultimate play with the lead sport. Yeah, I know. Uh, get to the lead, and guess what? Everybody's going to be tired at the end anyway. That's right, and there's no trouble in front. Right. Yeah, in in front, you're not – nobody's kicking you know, dirt, mud, anything, traffic, no, no, any of that no, stuff. No, no traffic. When in doubt, go. Uh, is there anybody in the longer shot? I'm not saying long shot, but longer uh-huh. shot that's like, uh, uh, in this case, they're all 15-plus. Uh, that's 15-plus to one that's a, a consideration. The best I can give you is the 10 pneumatic. I think he's going to go off at 10, 12 to one. Yeah. It's a great combination. Steve Esmus and Ricardo Santana, they win big races all the time, trainer and jockey. His last race, Steve, he ran third in a Matt win at Churchill, behind a horse called Maxfield. If Maxfield was in this race, he would be the second choice. Yep. And they were thinking about it for a while. And then, unfortunately, like the Bapford horses, he got an injury. He's probably not going to be able to race again. Um, so he only was beaten by a length and three quarters by Maxfield. So that tells you that he's pretty competitive. I think he'll run well. I think Dr. Post is a horse who's going to run a little better than his odds. Uh couple of horses. I mean, there's a couple that have no hope at all. Um, right. I, I can't. There's a couple of these horses. I have no idea why they're in there. Um, it, it is not the strongest Belmont field. No. Again, because of all the horses that we talked about that were probably going to run that didn't get a chance to. And, and uh, Tis the Law is the only, as I said, grade one stakes winner in the race. And he's won two of them. And for the people that don't follow horse racing, grade one races are the yeah. they're like the NCAA tournament. They're like the, they're like the best races in the sport. Which at, at Arkansas, for example, we were talking about Charlatan earlier. Yeah, one. Correct. Yeah. That's exactly right. He won. He, Charlatan. They actually had to split the race because there were so many people interested in running because there just weren't any of the normal three-year-old races because all the tracks were closed except Oaklawn Park, Gulf Street Park, and a couple others around the country. And Babbert won both sides of the Arkansas Derby, one with Nadal and Charlton. We have talked many times, Dick, over the years, about Derby, first Saturday in May, two weeks mm-hmm. later, Preakness, yep. Yep. Pimlico, three weeks yep. after the Preakness, the Belmont. Yep. Now we have, and you've talked about, hey, how about the first weekend in May, first weekend in June, 4th of July weekend, spread it out, yep. you may have a better shot. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, this is as spread out as it gets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fifteen weeks instead of five. Yeah. What What does it? Just speculation. Does it open the door for a triple crown, or does it open the door for suddenly a charlatan wants to race and it changes the dynamics? Yeah, and that's it's a really good question because there's even some horses that have just made their first starts that yeah. normally obviously would have no chance to make the Derby. Uh, that potentially could make it now because they're still, you know, it's, we're still a long way for the first Saturday in September. So my guess is it's going to be a little harder because keep in mind in the modern game now it's always twenty in the Derby. Then the people that that ran in the Derby because they wanted to be at Churchill Downs and pay for seats and get ripped off on hotels and food all week, they they don't go to Baltimore because they finish eighteenth and they realize well, our horses are not good. <laughs> no. So the, so the Preakness is a, not a difficult race to win for a good Derby winner. Right. I think this Derby is going to be very difficult to win uh, because a lot of the better horses, including a horse called AP Honor out on the West Coast, yep. not running, authentic, not running. Uh, some of these horses we just talked about, they're gearing up specifically to win the Derby. So I, I think whoever wins this race trying to then come back and win the Derby. It's going to be very, very difficult this year. Uh, but it, somebody was asking me earlier, if, if a horse wins all three, would well, give an asterisk. Not for me. No. I, mean, yeah, no. yeah, I, I don't care how you do it. If you win all three, it, it, that's, a hell, that's a heck of an accomplishment. And in some ways, it's going to be harder because I think the field in the Derby and Preakness will be much more difficult yeah. than they would be because it's later in the year. The horses are more developed. A lot of times, the horse that wins the Derby is the horse who's just just ready at that time. Yeah. Uh, where, as in September, they're almost September and October. They're almost four year olds by that point. And the other part too, I'm going to see is anybody who finishes, say, in the top three, mm-hmm. take a race in the summer at some point. Yeah, probably the Haskell. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah. that's a race mid July, and what they're going to do, they haven't announced it yet. Um, they're going to move the Travers to early in the, in the Saratoga meet, probably the first Saturday in August. Wow. To act as a prep race for the Derby. They can't run it at the end of August because none of the good three-year-olds are going to run. That's right. They'd, they'd wait for the Derby. So they'll move the Travers early in the Saratoga meet, and that will be a points race for the Derby, just like the uh, just like the Haskell is. Uh, that typically all those points races are, you know, the Wood Memorial and the Santa Anita Derby. Well, some, Wood Memorial didn't get run this year. It was never run. Right. And like some of the other prep races that typically would be run. So point races, points are still available uh, as we head for Kentucky in, uh, in September. And just for some fun out there, how would uh, how would we box it on Saturday? How would we yeah, play this? Yeah, here's my super would be um, tap it to win, tis the law, Doctor Post, pneumatic. If you just just make it easier for numbers, one eight nine ten. Perfect. One eight nine ten. One eight nine ten. And and if you're, I know you, I know you love these things, Steve. You look at them at the Super Bowl every year. If you like prop bets, yeah. Here's a good one. Will a horse go wire to wire? Uh, if mm. you think the answer is yes, you get eleven to two. If you think it's no, it's you put up eight dollars to win a dollar. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to do that. <laughs> I, I think tap it to win. If he wins, is going wire to wire. So right. those who are interested in betting him might also try to get on BetOnline.ag and bet a prop bet. 
another one that's interesting, you'll love this one, winning starting gate, a.k.a. post position. Right. Post one through five plus 160, in other words, you get eight to five. Yep. Post six through ten, which includes the eight, tis the law, one to two. Got to bet two dollars <laughs> to win one. Well, but you get all five posts. Right, so. you get all five posts, and considering yeah. we just heard numbers one, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> right. So it's, like, it's basically like, uh, it's, it's like playing red or black in real life, <laughs> except, you get, except you get odds on one side yeah. or the other. <laughs> The next time, we'll talk some hoops. We can do that. Yeah, hoop hoop players are heading back to campus, I understand. Yes, hoop players are coming back. It's all good. Yeah, we're all all hoping. I saw the game at the Barclays Center against Florida. It's now been announced. A quadruple ever. Yes. Very nice. No gel gel Eastern doesn't have the credits to get into Michigan? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, (laughs) So he's he's trying to transfer somewhere else, or, or, or they said he had, they just didn't transfer to Michigan for some reason. Yeah, he, he, it's not like he didn't pass the. They produced a pretty good school. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't I don't understand a lot of stuff. Yeah. No. Hopefully he gets a place where he's comfortable. And I know yeah. Matt Painter wasn't happy with all the stuff that happened <laughs> no. after this season. That, that's what one of the reasons I like Matt so much. He doesn't exactly hold back with he, what he thinks. That's exactly right, and that's one of the reasons why people love the basketball broadcast, because we know somebody doesn't hold back with what he thinks. <laughs> that's why we have so much fun doing it. We do have a blast. Hey, by yeah, the way, Dick was here courtesy of betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Yes, sir, and you can get, those, get on there and get some of those prop bets. Will a horse go wire to wire? First letter of the winning horse's name. <laughs> oh, and what's that one? Uh, a, a, a through M plus 325, N through Z minus 550. Wow. Bet $11 to win two. I don't think I want to do that. No, well, remember, Tis the Law and Tap It to Win are both T's. Yeah, yeah I know. That's why, they're not, <laughs> that's why they're not offering a real good number. How about this one, Steve? Will there be an inquiry after the race? <laughs> oh, yes. that one. That one, if you go yes, you're not going to get a lot of cash. No, no. Inquiry, you get seven to one. Really? Yeah, no. Well, typically there isn't one. No is uh, that twelve dollars to win a dollar. Yeah, I think they put that up at the fiasco at the Derby last year. Of course, of course, it's interesting the way they worded it. Yeah. Uh, there was actually no technically no inquiry right. after the Derby. There was an objection. Yes. So uh, th- there could be some lawyers involved, and that, that depends on how it's played. <laughs> You know, you know how you avoid it? Go wire to wire. Yeah, there you go. That'll solve the inquiry objection problem. Hopefully we never go through any of those. that 20 minutes again that we did at the Derby last year. For 20 crazy. minutes, you were my son's hero. He was at the Derby. Yeah, for 20 minutes, yeah. I was everybody's hero. Gone. Gone. <laughs> he, he, he wants to talk to you. No. Hey, that was, I, I did what I could. I got the horse on. The rest of it was out of my control. <laughs> DJ, great to hear you, bud. Yes, sir, Steve. Take care of yourself. Dick Girardi. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. In conjunction with the Shemokin Dam Orchestra. I think they sound better than ever on the show, don't you, man? 
100% agree. In fact, I think ever since you've taken over, they've kind of found the second wind. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Okay. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors and SunburyMotors.com. Neil Kulon, final half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. And you can do the shopping online. Yeah. All at uh, sunburymotors.com. Great deals to be had right now, too. We talk about a great deal. I never realized, in all honesty, I never realized the kind of money that could potentially be made off of social media Instagram. Duke commissioned a study, and now the same study is going through Kentucky basketball. They claim that Duke basketball players last season alone could have raked in $1.2 million. Now, somebody who's worth a lot more than that, in my opinion, is Neil Kulong. Neil, welcome. It's great to have you with us on the show. We're packing them all in for that show, too. The, the Steve Jones fireworks display is, is going to be lit this year, as the kids would say. We're, we're excited for it. We're ready to be back. And because there are consultants out there that think that there are basket, college basketball players that are worth $400,000 a year in endorsements who are not named Zion Williamson, I know I'm going to be able to just you know market my platform out there, and Nike's going to pay me. Thirty grand a tweet to, to endorse their product. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to hijack this. This is no. the most ridiculous lack of business logic incentive I've ever heard of. And the consultants are out there to make a name for themselves more than anything else. There is no no empirical evidence whatsoever that says that these kids are going to be making anywhere near that much money. You might get a grand a month for 
above average players. The elite superstars might get 15, 20 grand over the course of the season. That may, however you want to break it down, you could stretch that out to say $400,000 a year. They're not getting paid that in college. They're just not, they're not nearly as, as popular as the NBA players are. Um, they're, they're kids. You, you identify them as kids and they can have the biggest Instagram following in the world. That doesn't mean that anyone's going to buy the product. I mean, the, the conversion rate on Twitter, which is to say, if Zion Williamson sends out a, a link to buy this product, even with him, it's like 3%, which really isn't all that high, even if you have a gigantic following. It, it's just not something that equates into dollars uh, for a business. And those businesses are not going to pay out um, you know, cost for Zion to, to tweet this stuff out and become part of their brand. It's just, there's way too much risk. It, nobody would do it. Those, those statistics are, are garbage. It's really unfortunate because people are, are taking it to, to the way wrong extreme. They're not worth that much money, plain and simple. They're really not worth that much money. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. There are going to be a couple of them that pick up a nice check. But if, if you want to paint it with this brush, let's put it this way. LeBron James, who's probably the most famous athlete alive, certainly in North America, gets something around twenty-five to $30,000 per tweet. If he did more than a couple of them, the, the price would go down incredibly because he just looks like a billboard at that point. The more of them they do to get to that money, the less value it's going to have. So it's not something that's going to be repeatable. LeBron would set up a contract and do like five of them over the course of the year at, at very specific times, and they cut him a check for one hundred and fifty grand somewhere somewhere in uh, you know that ballpark. They're not going to do that with any college basketball player. Not when none of them played in March. I don't even remember any anymore, to be honest. Those guys aren't getting paid that much money. Rant over. Sorry. I I looked at that, and I, I, I was stunned reading this when I was looking at it as to how much money. Now, again, this is a consultant. They, they have to come up with, right? But here's the valuation. Says here at the top, a star athlete such as freshman All American Cassius Stanley. And Cassius Stanley's going to be—he'll be a decent pro. He'll be one of the first, you know, five to seven guys picked in the draft, all right? But he's going to be—he's going to have like, eh, okay, good career, whatever, all right. He has more than five hundred thirteen thousand followers on Instagram. They estimated his annual value of the platform at $410,720. My Twitter account was valued at a buck ninety. Trey Jones, ACC Player of the Year. Good player, not an awesome player, but good. 385,000 combined followers. They say his audience is valued at $308,000. <laughs> the manner in which they're collecting those numbers is, is really faulty, to put it mildly. Um, and it's contingent upon there being a buyer. Now, let's just ignore the whole pandemic thing right now and act as if the NFL can't get advertising, but Cassius, whatever his name was, Stanley. could go get 300 grand a year because he posts stuff on Instagram. Stanley, Absolutely yeah. ridiculous to even suggest that oh, that's know. the case. There's no way. Um, on top of that, you're talking if, if, if he basically shilled out everything that he is and it was accepted by these buyers. Right. Keep in mind, this is not Nike, Gatorade, or Coke or anybody like that that's yep. making these uh, uh, projections. These are, are agents. 
people that want to do these deals for them. They're oh, going to tell them whatever they want to tell. Of course. I mean, it, it's for the idea of, you know, I'm talking about like the senior in high school right now who knows that he's going to have a shot at this in the near future, maybe in, in the lifetime of mm-hmm. uh, his collegiate career. He's going to think he's going to be able to cash in on all this if he just starts building up his social media brand. Followers are not active buyers. It's not, you don't go to Instagram looking to buy things. Instagram doesn't even let you advertise products. So right. they, 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 the younger kids nowadays, especially athletes, because it's much more video oriented, um, in Zion, I think was, was the, the one who really drove this home. Right. It's a great format for highlights. You can put up the stuff that Zion Williamson was doing in high school was just unreal. <laughs> I, I still follow him. I was a fan of it. It was great to watch. Sure. If he told me to buy Gatorade, I'm I'm flipping past to the next thing. I have that option. You know, sure, it is right. so easy to move past from one thing to another. There is no concentrated value in the idea that these players are able to endorse products to that degree. You're not LeBron. You're not Zion. Um, if you're not that, nobody cares if you were an ACC Player of the Year. I mean, come on. Right. That's that's the, the scope of that is so myopic that it, it's. It's really unfortunate because these are the only people that are going to go out and say that. The companies are right. not going to say, I'm not paying sure. a, a 19-year-old college player $400,000 a year to, to sponsor my product. I'm just not doing that. Well, they say here at the bottom, a player having as few as 14,000 followers, which is 13,900 more than I have, <laughs> but playing at a very high level in a big conference could potentially command a rate of more than $400 per Instagram post. Egad. Oh. I, don't, I don't see how. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm right. just telling you what they say. Total Duke men's basketball athlete account following: 175,000 followers on Twitter, 1.5 million. That must be Instagram. Uh, name, image, likeness, value: 1.3 million for the whole team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, the, I, mean uh, I saw stuff like that, and I sat back and said, I have massively misjudged this. Massively yeah, misjudged I mean, it. It, it. Now, it wouldn't it, be. The, now, let's be straighter. Is it the first time I've ever massively misjudged something? That's a different <laughs> topic for a different day. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong, though. You're not wrong to question that. that they, everyone's going to believe it because they say that they don't understand social media. Social media is not nearly as complicated as people think that it is. It really is kind of what you see is what you get. The problem is it, it's the people that think you're following dictates an active and willing audience as if you're a primetime TV show and they're going to tune in at exactly this time to watch everything that you do all the time. The vast majority of your tweets are seen by like 3% of your audience. Right. So even if you have a massive audience at 3%, certainly it's a lot bigger than, than yours, a lot bigger than mine. But that doesn't mean that you have a, a flock of customers that are begging to give you their money because you say so. It doesn't work like that. You know, Michael Jordan, maybe, you know, at, at, at right. a time in which... He's the, the compelling athlete in the world. There are so many options that were out there. There, there are so many other athletes that currently exist. They're not going to give it to the college kids. You know, consumers recognize the fact that you're in college. You're not a pro. You're not doing this at the highest level. In fact, most of them would say, if you're beyond a freshman in college, why aren't you in the NBA? Right. I mean, there's no, there's, you're, you're not good enough. So why would I care if you want me to buy Coke? It's going to generate backlash. It's going to generate negativity. And the players are going to end up 
in, in my opinion, this is what it's going to be two, three years down the line, whenever this is really ramped up and going, you're going to have one, maybe two of, you'll have a Zion every now and maybe not even a Zion. You'll, you'll have somebody at a high level that's going to score some deal with some no name product that for whatever reason wants to sink 20 grand of their, their advertising budget in a year into, um, this one kid because they think they're getting a, a huge deal on it. They'll get no return on it at all. It won't back out for what they put in. They'll be a laughing stock, and so will the player. Now his value goes through the floor. Nobody wants anything right. to do with this guy. He's this generation's new Coke now because he endorsed, you know, Stanley's widgets or something like that <laughs> because they gave him the most amount of money. So he cashes into this deal once, and you know, twenty grand. Don't get me wrong. I'll. I'll I'll endorse Stanley's widgets for twenty grand. That's fine, but it, it's it's not going to creep up to four hundred thousand dollars in a year. And collectively, a team for image and likeness, and I'm not talking shoe deals or anything like that. Their sure. image and likeness is not going to be worth one point two million dollars over the course of the season for for twelve players. Okay. Alabama football, maybe if you got everybody doing something. You know, marketing people are really smart. They're really creative. They'll come up with something to, to drive the value up, but. Individually, uh, one player is not going to be worth that much money. Let me ask you on the pro level. Uh, obviously, as a pro, you have an agent, you can make deals and so forth. For example, in our area, we don't see Steelers. Years ago, we actually saw Antonio Brown do a couple of local commercials, for example, here. We don't see a lot of local commercials from pro athletes in Pittsburgh, you know, Pirates, uh, and not even a guy like Sidney Crosby. In Pittsburgh, how many guys actually do commercials and do endorsements in Pittsburgh from what you notice, Neil? It's a fun question. There, there's one company, um, I won't say what it is just because I don't know if that'll get me in trouble uh, with, with your advertising. Oh, it doesn't matter. There, there's you, one company. You can say it. I don't it, care. Beaver County Auto has had Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, and at one point I think they had Arthur Motes as well. Okay. Um, there's a law firm in town, I forget the name of it, that, that's had Cam Hayward for two years or that, so. That's, but, yeah. hey, Cam Hayward has kind of ascended yeah. to the throne. That, that's, of, of, that's Edgar Snyder, I think, right? Edgar Snyder, and yeah. That, and that's Edgar be, Snyder. That's, and he that's does be, hockey, too. Right. He had Chris yeah. Letang for a bit. Yeah, and I, but I think what they do is they hook up with the charity of the player, and that's how they do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the point that I was going to make. It's yeah. not usually a dollars thing, if, right. especially if they're veterans like Cam. Uh, Cam's been around. Cam's been paid a lot of money. Uh, he's about to get paid a lot more money as well. Sure. He's not, you know, hanging out with Edgar Snyder, and I've unfortunately broken it to Cam a couple times as well. You're really not very good at it either. Right. But it, it's it's something he's doing for a greater purpose. He's not doing those things for the, the ten grand that they can pay him. It's not worth his time, I don't think. Um, some of them will. You'll see it. The ones that really want to kind of tie themselves into Pittsburgh culture, they'll do it. Uh, 84 Lumber was a thing out here, and the number 84 sure. has nothing to do with Antonio Brown, but they no. hooked on to Antonio Brown early in, in Brown's career. And Brown wouldn't say no to anybody that's offering him a, a certain amount of money. He did a lot of those little commercials. Right. Um, it, it depends. It, it's it's an opportunity thing. You've got to have the right company, the right player, and the, the risk that comes with that, unfortunately, is – if this guy's a, a you know an unofficial spokesman for you, and he does stuff that doesn't make people happy, and that could be as simple as you know fumbling or right. throwing an interception or whatever, uh, your your brand takes a hit with that as well. So companies tend to not, uh, smaller ones tend to not try to line up with the local guys unless they feel really um, comfortable with a very specific reason for doing it. I'd, I'd say that a Cam Hayward would probably be a safe bet. 
uh, especially if you're a company that obviously can't sniff Ben or, or Sidney Crosby or, or you know, the high-level uh, national, international guys. Um, getting in with the local guys for a quick spot, it, it's usually, hey, do this for us, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, won't take you more than an hour tops, and leave after an hour. If we don't have it, we'll figure it out. We'll donate time and, and money to your charity, something to that effect. See, and that's my that's – I've tried to make that point. This is a state that has seven professional teams in it. I'm talking about high – you know, I'm not talking about minor league teams. But seven professional teams in it, four in Philadelphia, three in Pittsburgh. We're not inundated with, with a- advertising, for example, by professional athletes in this state. I mean, just aren't. And as simple as that, aren't. Uh, and that's my point about this. Neil, thanks so much. Neil Kulong joining, joining us. Yeah, I want to, before we take a quick break, whenever you've gone online, okay, let me give you what I think is effective advertising. Radio is very effective advertising. TV is very effective advertising. Newspapers to a point can be, especially if you're looking for something specific. But how many of you have bought something where you've gone to a site, a, an information site, for example? Have you ever looked at the ads? Or have you been one of those people that clicked skipped, skip ad the second you get to it? Aha. Uh-huh. Back with more in a moment. Michael Foods in Clingerstown is looking for a motivated individual to join their team as a second shift forklift operator. They offer a competitive benefits package, a generous paid time off plan, eight paid holidays, and tuition reimbursement. For more details on how you can become part of the Michael Food family, visit michaelfoods.com careers and apply now. Michael Foods is an equal opportunity employer. So the other day I had a party. Hey, buddy, did you get the beer from Midpen Beverage, like I said? Uh, no, I kind of forgot. That will never happen again. Now, without fail, I always go to Midpen Beverage before every party. When I walk in, they know exactly what I want. They have a huge selection of domestic, important craft beers, ciders, and wine coolers. I can pick up everything cold right from their cooler. Head over to Midpen Beverage, Route 522, Middleburg. That's my point when it comes to social media. You know, the number of posts that you get, whatever. How many of you actually pay attention to the ads on a website or an Instagram site or a Twitter? Do you, Matt? Not even for a second. No, I don't. I know I don't. Now, when I'm listening to radio, I don't care if I'm listening to this station or serious, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I know what the ads are. I know exactly what the ads are. When I'm watching TV, I know what the ads are. Newspaper, there's certain things I can specifically pick out. I have never, not one time, have I looked at an internet ad and went, oh, whoa, really? Never. I'm doing everything I can to bypass it to get to what I want to see. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it, to me, it's like it's like when you buy or rent a movie. You sit there and you skip through all the previews to get to the movie you want to watch, right? Exactly. 
That's why this thing about how much money athletes can get from Instagram and the Internet, I'm floored by 